Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you have your Bible or smartphone or tablet and you'd like to follow along, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 to 12, the, the passage that was written. We've been working our way through the book of Ephesians, and so this is the passage we're on today. And my, it's been a good, a good thing to be reminded of what Paul has had to say to the church in Ephesus, because it feels like it's speaking, he's speaking directly to us too, right? It's been, been a good series that way. I want to start off by telling you the grand story. Before the beginning, there was God. God has never changed. He was as he is now in community with himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the three in one. God was not bored because the community he lived in was beautiful and good, wondrous and lovely. It was so good that that he decided to share his life. And so he spoke the word and creation happened. Not the creation that you see around us, but before the world was even called into being, God created the heavenly hosts. God created the angels of heaven. These were amazing, wonderful, independent, powerful beings who who shared the heavenly realms with God. There were more powerful angels and less powerful angels. There were higher ranking and lower ranking angels. These angels enjoyed the life of God, but they were not God. One of these angels, the angel of light, the angel known as Lucifer, decided that he wanted to be God. And in his pride, he thought that he was greater than God. And he decided to go to war with God. He recruited as many angels as he could. Lucifer is a liar, and he is the father of lies. And I don't know what lies he told, but he recruited one-third of the angels to come onto his side. And he led them in a rebellion against God. Now, when the finite goes up against the infinite God, the results are preordained. You take a look at it and you smack your head and you think, what was Satan thinking? But pride has a way of warping our thinking, and pride indeed does go before the fall. The rebellion was put down, and Lucifer and one-third of the angels that followed him in his rebellion were cast out of heaven. Deprived from the light of God and the holiness of heaven, Twisted by their pride and the rebellion that festered in their hearts, they became depraved, they became evil. Lucifer became known as Satan, and the fallen angels as demons. All this happened before the world began. It might have been a hundred years, or a million years, or a trillion years before the world began, we don't know. But we know that God, in his wisdom, 
decided to create the universe, or decided to create the world and the universe that it is set in. The stars are gods, the planets are gods, the universe is gods, and of course, our world is gods. On our world, the, the planet we know as Earth, God decided to make people. These people would be different than angels. Angels don't procreate. They are independent beings, created independently. But God chose to make humanity as a family and give them authority over the rest of the creation. King David was listening to God and reflecting back to God, and in Psalm 8 he says this, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, your glory is higher than the heavens. When I look at the night sky and see the wonders of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Yet you made them a little lower than God uh, and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, and everything that swims, the ocean currents. God, having lived in community forever, made us to be relational, in relation with him, in relation with each other. And God made the world, and it was good. He made people, and they were good. In fact, he, he made us in his very own image. And with that, we were given a purpose. Tend the garden. With that, we were given real freedom. You can eat of any plant in the garden except this one. We were given dignity and relationship because the God of the universe walked with us and talked with us, and oh, it was good. A relationship with God was sweet and pure and wonderful, the love of the Father, the love of the Son, the love of the Holy Spirit flowed towards us, and, and our love flowed towards him. And we were living our best life. We were living out what we were created to be and do. We were living in relationship with God, reflecting him, bearing his image. But the ones who were deformed by rebellion and warped by pride... The ones who made themselves enemies of God came into God's good creation. Satan tempted those first people. He tempted them first by casting doubt on God. Did God really say? He cast doubt on the character of God. He doesn't want you to eat of the knowledge of good and evil because then you'll be like him and he doesn't want that. Go ahead, eat. And they did. With that, sin entered the world, and sin entered the human heart. 
it became part of our spiritual DNA. It entered the world and creation itself was tainted by sin. Death became a reality. Disease, sickness, disasters. All were a result of sin entering our world. Worse than that, our relationship with God was broken. Where we were spiritually alive and we could walk with God and listen to God and talk with God, and he could talk with us, we came spiritually dead. We could not perceive the spiritual realm any longer. The relationship that we were built for was gone. The one that we were made to reflect was out of reach. Our relationship was dissolved. It was broken. Because we were dead. Well, the people were kicked out of the idyllic garden. But a promise was made. God promised that one of the offspring of those people would give a crushing blow to Satan. One day, God would fix things. But God never said when it would happen. And God never said how it would happen. From the beginning of time, that was the mystery. Fast forward thousands of years, and there was a man named Abraham. God came to him and made a covenant with him. God promised Abraham that he would be the father of a great nation, and from that, that nation would come a king who would bless all nations. And Abraham became the father of the Jewish nation. But where would the king come from? Who would bless the nations? If I had time, I, I would trace the promises of God through the covenant God made with Moses. And we would continue to trace it through the promises that God made to David. And we could hear the heartbeat of the prophets as they, as they predicted the coming of the, the blessing of the Messiah who would bless the nations. If I had time, we could trace the story of the one who would crush this head of Satan. He was going to turn people's hearts back to God. But the question was, always was, how? And it was a mystery. What was God's plan? What was God going to do? Even the angels didn't understand what the plan was. Can you imagine the angels talking to each other? Maybe Gabriel's up there talking with uh, Michael, and they're looking down on earth, and they're seeing people, and they're saying, how, how is God going to fix this mess? Everyone, even God's best people, are warped and depraved by sin. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all liars. Moses was a murderer. David was a murderer and idolater. Evil seemed to be winning. 
Look at the people. They're twisted. They're warped. Depraved. Even the religious people, they're trying their best. And their righteousness compared to a holy God is as filthy rags. And that is God's chosen people. The rest, the Gentiles, they're completely hopeless. How? How is God going to fix this mess? Well, come, to me, come with me to our scripture passage this morning. I'm going to use the New Living Translation because it's a whole lot easier to understand this passage in that translation. But before I get there, I want to remind you just a little bit of last week, if you read uh, the last part of chapter 2, if you heard the sermon, you will uh, have heard Paul talking about before Jesus there were Jews and there were Gentiles, non-Jewish people, and they were separate. And he described those Gentiles uh, in verse 12 of chapter 2, in those days you were living apart from Christ, you were excluded from citizenship among God's people, the people of Israel, and you didn't know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. We Gentiles were without God and without hope, but God loved the world so much that while we were yet sinners, he sent his son, Jesus, to die. And salvation was offered to any, everyone, Jew and Gentile. Not only that, though, those who would put their faith in Jesus, both Jew and Gentile, God created one new humanity, is what it says. One new people. There's no longer a dividing wall between us. Last, last week we looked at how amazed Paul was at this. The idea that God would save the Gentiles too was not on Paul's radar screen until... Jesus uh, enlightened him. Come with me now to our passage. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. When I think of all this, you know, Jews, Gentiles, all brought into one, made a new humanity because of what Jesus did. When I think of this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. And as you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into the plan regarding Christ. God, God did not reveal it to previous generations. But now, by his Spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. Paul says, I'm a prisoner for the benefit of you Gentiles, and I have this special call on my life. My call is to the Gentiles and to tell the Gentiles about the grace of God and the plan of God. Paul says that God revealed it to me, what he did reveal was the answer to the mystery that people have been asking for generations. How would God save people? How would God step into history? How would God fulfill his promises? How, how would God crush Satan's head? Previous generations believed that God had a plan, but they didn't know what God had planned. But now God 
God's Spirit has revealed it to the apostles and to the prophets. Verse 6, And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are a part of the same body, and both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Jesus. I know this is old news to most of you, but to Paul this was like growing up in a family where he was the only child. And now he finds out that he has all these brothers and sisters, and and he's amazed by it, and he's reveling in it. And look at verse 7. By God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of, of serving him by spreading his good news. Though I'm the least deserving of all God's people, he has graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Not only has Paul found new brothers and sisters, but now he gets the privilege of spreading the good news. You can be part of of the family of God, and our Father has unlimited wealth. There are endless treasures available. The NIV translates it as boundless riches in Christ. I want to circle back to those boundless riches in Christ next week. Look at verse 9. I was chosen to explain to everyone this, this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. Paul says, I was chosen to explain the mystery of God, and the plan that now was now revealed in Jesus. And Paul now reveals a little bit more about the plan. Remember, he just said in verse 6 that God's plan was that Jew and Gentile share equally in God's riches. And now he says, verse 10, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was the eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. God's purpose, or that could be translated God's plan or God's intent, was that through the church he was going to display his wisdom in all its many facets. And notice who he's displaying the wisdom to. He's displaying the wisdom to the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. He's saying that the church is displaying the the wisdom of God, not only to the angels of heaven, but also to the fallen angels, the demons and devils of hell. I've sometimes thought about, I need to be a good example for my family. I need to be a good example to those who don't believe. But to display God's wisdom to the demons and devils of hell, that really hasn't been on my radar screen a whole lot. Not only that, but he's saying that the the church is displaying his multifaceted wisdom. The church is displaying his multifaceted wisdom. I know the church. And they're made up of a whole lot of flawed individuals. I know because, well, I'm part of the church and I'm flawed. I also know a lot of you. And there are a lot of wonderful people in this church. 
and I love you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, but you're flawed. I just, just want to break it to you, right? But you're flawed, okay? Uh, and I had so many people I wanted to pick on, but I'm going to restrain myself. Uh, yes. But this motley group of people, this deeply flawed group of people of whom I'm a part is supposed to display the manifold wisdom of God to the demons and devils of hell? What? But maybe that's the point. See, he took those who were not God's people and were estranged from God and were without hope in this world and he joined us together with the Jews who were God's people, an inheritor of the promises that God had made. And he put us together and he made one new humanity, one new people. And God takes us where he found us sinners, spiritually dead, deeply flawed. And he reconciles us to God through the work of Jesus. He forgives our sins. He adopts us into his family. He is in the process of transforming us into his likeness. And although we are still deeply flawed, his spirit is at work in us and amongst us. And the power of the cross is still active. And he's showing us how to live in his kingdom and how to live out his kingdom here on earth. And so catch this, verse 12. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Or the NIV says, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. See, you can come boldly and confidently into God's presence because, Christ and your, because of Christ and your faith in Christ, you can come boldly, not being afraid, but in freedom and in hope. Our story started with God, in the garden, walking with people. But sin entered the world, and with sin came death. And we were unable to walk with God because we were spiritually dead. But God has made those of you, because of Christ and your faith in him, alive and we can begin to walk with God again. We can now come boldly and confidently into his presence. And you can be who you are made to be. You can reflect what you are made to reflect because of Jesus. If you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart to be your savior, to forgive your sins, to make you alive, I want to share the good news with you. You can do that. Whosoever will may come. It's open to you. All you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. You'd like to do that and don't know how? Talk to me, talk to someone else here today, and we'd be happy to lead you in that process. But I know most of you have made that decision to follow Jesus. But some of you, some of you might have lost the storyline. Some of you have thought, well, I, I know I'm a little warped. And you're thinking the storyline is, well, I need to become better or more moral or less warped. 
Some of you may even think I need to be more religious. And if I manage my sinfulness well, then I'm doing what God has called me to do. But that's not the storyline. Storyline has also always been God in relationship, first with himself, and then with humanity. And that relationship was lost. And now he's inviting us back into relationship again. We live in a secular world. You know that. We live in a world that either doesn't believe in God or takes no thought of God. What sets you apart is that God, you walk with God and are in relationship with him. You've moved back into the garden spiritually and you're talking with God. I've got to say, it's easier to live religiously. I go to church, check. I read my Bible today, check. I prayed for the people that need prayer, check. Oh, I did good to my neighbor, check, check, good, good. It's always easier to live by check boxes, but it's always better to live by relationship. Oh, I get to spend time with God today. I get to be in his presence. And I come through Jesus with my questions and my doubts and my fears and my hopes and my dreams. I come with all I am and say, God, you're still in the process of fixing, right? Got a lot to work on here, Lord. But the one thing I know is that you love me. And even in all my brokenness and stuff, because of what you've done, Jesus, I'm invited to come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Wow. I'm just going to take advantage of that freedom. I'm just going to talk to you just about what's going on inside here. I'm going to be very real. I'm not going to put up masks to you, God. I'm going to walk in relationship. That's the storyline. How about you? When you hear me talk about relationship, are you closer to God now than you were a year ago? Or farther away? I want to urge you, don't lose the plot line. It's about relationship. And out of that relationship, God, God is going to display his wisdom to the universe. It's an amazing thing. You walk with him, he'll take care of the rest. Let's pray. Help us not to lose the storyline, Lord. Nobody knew before Jesus how you were going to fix this broken world, but you sent Jesus. and He died to take away our sin and give us new life. And now you by your spirit is working in and amongst us, and you by your spirit is working in us together. Help us to live in relationship with you well, to love you well, 
and to share our true selves with you. And then, Lord, help us to love each other well as well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.